2: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. homeshef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: You are locked on thunder. Your daily Oklahoma city thunder podcast. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team. Every day
0: From the place we affectionately call Peak North, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G, thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. And if you like listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, and you'll love listening in your car, it's very easy to do so. Just ask your smart device to play the Locked On Thunder podcast or any of the podcasts. In the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm kind of partial to uh, Locked On Sooners, seeing as I host that one as well. But if you're not an OU fan, we've got Locked On Bama if you're going down that road. We've got Locked On Cougars if you're into BYU. Or we got all 30 of the NBA teams covered. So feel free to listen. Locked On Warriors. Probably a pretty good listen either tonight or tomorrow as you get ready for OKC and GSW. And speaking of that game... We are going to be breaking down that matchup coming up in segment number two, and we'll go right down to the jerseys that you want Golden State to wear. Yes, our research today extends so far, we'll tell you the uniform that Golden State should wear to give Oklahoma City the best chance to win tomorrow. Plus, there is a major X factor in the Golden State game of Kevin Durant, whether he's going to play or he's not going to play, hurt his ankle against the Suns, didn't play against the Rockets, so will we see KD tomorrow night in Oklahoma City? I hope not. I'll explain why I don't want Kevin Durant on the floor tomorrow. And in segment number one, we're going to break down the loss to the Indiana Pacers. And I'll tell you where I thought Oklahoma City lost that game. I know what everybody was saying after the game on television and I understand that there's this prevailing thought that there was a bad 12 minutes played, which was in the fourth quarter. I'm going to disagree with that a little bit and tell you what ultimately transpired and what was the smartest move Nate McMillan made during the entire third quarter that ultimately set the tone and put Oklahoma City into a bind. And then in the third or the third segment today, um, we'll discuss the biggest topic That has nothing to do with it being on the court, and that's the fact that the Thunder have decided to take on sponsorship on their jerseys. And I will tell you in that segment why people from Dennis Schroeder's home country are laughing at Americans now. And the Jazz fans, and the Jazz in particular, have created a culture, and now they're trying to put the genie back in the bottle and I'll tell you why ultimately it's not going to work for that organization. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And I also work for News Radio 1000 KTOK. I am a credential member of the media. I've been covering the Thunder for five years, and I've just launched a website, part of the Maven Network, called Thunder Maven. And you can find it at themaven.net slash thunder. We post this podcast, we do videos and post all sorts of stuff from around the web. If it's about the Thunder, it's there. It's pretty much a one-stop shop for everything Oklahoma City Thunder and Oklahoma City Blue. There was a myth being stated last night after the telecast of Oklahoma City's loss to the Indiana Pacers that the Thunder played a bad 12 minutes of basketball, and this game was lost in the fourth quarter after the Thunder saw a 19-point lead evaporate, and that is completely false. That is not when the Oklahoma City Thunder lost this game last night. The Oklahoma City Thunder didn't play a bad 12 minutes of basketball, they played a horrific 24 minutes of basketball, and ultimately lost this game in the third quarter. In fact, they lost at the moment that Russell Westbrook fouled Boyan Bogdanovich and didn't get called for it. And it was one of the smartest moves I've ever seen a coach make. Because this is really, it's a 50-50 move. You're taking a little bit of a risk here when you do something like that. But when Russ fouled Bogdanovich and hit him on the back of the head, despite what Michael Cage will tell you about there being no contact made, there was clearly contact made. When Russ got away with that and Nate McMillan, Decided to get on the refs, get the tech called, which was a really good tech, by the way, for a couple of reasons. One, Paul George ends up missing the free throw after the tech, and then two, afterwards, from that moment on, which was very early in the third quarter, the refs started watching the Thunder like a hawk, and any time they fouled, not just any time that they touched a Pacer, don't don't even don't even go down that road. But when the Thunder fouled. It got called, and ultimately Indiana ended up going to the line and shooting 32 free throws last night. That is when this game was lost. When Nate McMillan decided to make that call, the refs zeroed in on Oklahoma City, and they really couldn't get away with anything. The best example of the Thunder not being able to get away with a call that I don't think would have normally been made was really late in the third quarter, When Abdul Nader fouled Demonis Sabonis and he shoved him out of bounds is essentially what the call was. But if you see Nader, his hands are up and he's got a body on him and it's pretty much a foul. But in a lot of cases, that'll get let go by a ref because you can chalk it up as physical play. Even though the player that got fouled may complain, that's one you might let go. Wasn't going to happen last night. Because after Nate McMillan complained, the Thunder got into their usual got into being their usual selves and fouled way too much in that game and let's not let, let's not even say that the thunder had indianapolis or indiana discombobulated last night i know that that was put out there in the third quarter no the pacers were very smart after having a rough first half where they couldn't shoot the 3 because the thunder were defending it pretty well or the pacers were just off Either way you want to put it. I mean, I can go either way on that one. But the Pacers made a commitment to getting in the paint. And if you noticed in that third quarter, there was a lot of times, especially early on, when Wesley Matthews would get into the paint and he would have what looked like a sure bucket just fall out of the rim. He did it a couple of times. Uh, Sabonis had issues scoring when he went into the paint. Bogdanovich had issues. When he went into the paint, and it really was just a matter of time before those st- before those shots started falling. And you can talk about the Thunder creating turnovers um, like they did last night, especially um, in the early part of the game. In fact, Oklahoma City last night um, ended up turning over Indiana 16 times. That's not too bad. Thunder turned it over 17 themselves, but they weren't closing down the paint again. And Indiana made a big-time adjustment which would allow them, if not to take a higher percentage shot or shots that they were at least feeling more comfortable with, because we know the highest percentage shot is the corner three, but Indiana was, was going to make a commitment to get into the paint, Oklahoma City was willing to let them have the paint, and then... When they were getting inside and they weren't finishing, Oklahoma City began to foul. And, and Terrence Ferguson, who racked up five fouls before the end of the third quarter last night, um, he's just he just fully, just in one moment, spoke to just how unaware this Oklahoma City Thunder team can be from time to time. When shot clock's expiring, Bogdanovich decides to go baseline about midway through the third quarter, and Ferguson fouls him. There's no reason to foul. I don't, You don't want to give up an easy basket, but you can't foul him late in the shot clock because up until that point, that was pretty good defense. But I don't buy that the Thunder were playing good defense last night. I just buy that Indiana was missing their shots. And it was almost as if you could start to see it in the third quarters if this game was going to fall apart. That the Thunder just didn't have it for a 24-minute span and the Pacers were just kind of able to keep coming at them And just chip away at a lead. I mean, that was the textbook definition of chipping away at a lead. Because it wasn't like the Pacers were coming at them in waves. They were just getting to the free throw line. They were making a living. Thunder started missing some shots. They were able to hang around and keep their confidence. And then when they got their opportunity to take the lead away from the Thunder, once once you have... Once you've let a 19-point lead go, like the Thunder did last night, and we've seen the Thunder do this, this is one of the, one of the reasons why the Thunder's so good at coming back from from multiple points down or from, from double digits down is that once teams lose those leads, they ultimately lose their confidence. And you have to decide if whether or not you're going to stay in a dogfight. And the Thunder decided that they didn't want to stay in the dogfight last night in Indiana was able to build momentum and Wesley Matthews gets a big poke back and they win. And and speaking of Wesley Matthews, probably the most interesting thing that I read today is that Matthews did have an opportunity to come here to Oklahoma City and we all know Thunder fans covet him. Just big time covet uh, Wesley Matthews. But he decided to say no. The guy who was recruiting him, the guy who was heavy in recruiting him, Paul George. And that that blew my mind because if anybody can sell the Oklahoma City Thunder your best asset as a recruiter is Paul George because George was traded here and then decided to sign after his the last year of his contract was up the thunder had a year uh, you know the thunder had a year to really work their way and get their hooks into Paul George and make him believe in thunder culture Well, it's a lot easier for that type of guy who came in from the outside to sell than one who's been on the inside for a while. Paul George is a better salesman for the Thunder than Russell Westbrook could ever be because Russell Westbrook doesn't know how to sell the Thunder as compared to other organizations, but Paul George does. Paul George knows how to explain the difference, especially between Indiana and Oklahoma City, which Wesley Matthews was trying to decide between at that moment, and you would think, well, hey, I left Indiana, or I was traded by Indiana. I wanted to get out of there. I wanted to stay in Oklahoma City. Paul George should have been able to close the deal. So if there's any mistake Paul George has ever made while he's been in Oklahoma City, it has been to um, not close the deal on Wesley Matthews. And it bit the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, we preview... The game with the the Golden State Warriors, which is coming up Saturday night at the peak. And could KD be out? And if he is, why that's a really good thing for Oklahoma City, I'll tell you next. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The best place to listen to the Locked On Thunder Podcast or any of the podcasts from the Locked On Podcast Network is in your car. All you have to do is ask your smart device to play the Locked On Thunder Podcast, and it's right there in living stereo for you. And you can also subscribe on Apple iTunes, and and Spotify, and then there is LockedOnPodcast.com, which has all the podcasts available right there at your touch. But listening in your car is perfect for the drive home or the drive to work. Most shows less than 30 minutes and uh, chock full of information as well. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's talk about the Golden State Warriors and the fact it looks like Kevin Durant could be out for this game. Got hurt against the Phoenix Suns, didn't play against the Rockets, And he's questionable for this game against Oklahoma City. And in the past, I don't think there's any doubt Kevin Durant would have played for Golden State because he likes coming back to play in Oklahoma City. He feeds off the crowd. And he loves to embarrass Russell Westbrook. Well, now I think Kevin Durant has matured. He's thinking championship. He's thinking be healthy for a playoff run. Plus, Kevin Durant is entering a free agency year. So I don't think he wants to be damaged goods. And for Oklahoma City, this is perfect because he he kills OKC. So take his 27 points and put them on the bench and insert Andre Iguodala, who's only averaging about six points per game. I love that. I love the decrease in production. I love even more that now you can take Paul George instead of, instead of having him deal with Kevin Durant, now you got him dealing with Klay Thompson. And George can handle Clay Thompson. Then you can make the decision between Russ guarding Steph or Terrence Ferguson guarding Steph. I want Ferguson to guard Steph primarily because I want him to be the best defensive player on this team. But because he's been fouling so much lately and because you've got Steph who's a a pretty crafty player and who can step back and get into guys and draw fouls when he's taking a three, that is a bad position to put Ferguson in. I trust Russ more in that position. Let Ferg primarily guard Iguodala, and uh, well, then you've got Draymond and, and Jeremy Grant, which should be a great fistfight, and then there's the big X factor on offense, Boogie Cousins going against Steven Adams, and what scares me to death about Boogie isn't even, isn't even the fact that he can shoot the three, and Adams isn't really good at defending it, but more or less, Golden State's a very smart team. Let's give a little credit to Golden State in that that they play about as selfless a brand of basketball as you can play, considering the type of basketball they play. They will do whatever it takes to win, and with no Kevin Durant there, if they sense a matchup, they're smart enough, if they sense a matchup issue where they've got an advantage with Boogie over Steven Adams, they're going to feed him. And Boogie can become a holy terror in the paint if he wants to because um, while Adams is taller, Boogie's a little wider, Boogie can get to the rim, and Boogie is incredibly athletic. And we've seen Adams continually struggle with those athletic centers. So yeah, that becomes a major issue tomorrow night if that's the way Golden State wants to go out and attack Oklahoma City if Kevin Durant's not there. Another reason with the way that the Thunder have been fouling And we know Paul George likes to complain about the referees. And unlike Nate McMillan, who got the referees to zero in on Oklahoma City because he complained and he's the coach, when players complain, it tends to go the opposite way. And I would prefer Kevin Durant not be there, get fouled a lot by Paul George, and get to the line where he's an 88% free throw shooter. Golden State as a whole is an 80% free throw shooting team. So if you're looking for one of the keys to the game tomorrow night, it's make sure that these dudes do not, under any circumstances, get to the line too often because, yeah, they have a tendency to make you pay for that. Um, That's going to be a major problem with Oklahoma City. I'm not really worried that much about Golden State's bench because you bring Iguodala into the starting lineup, drains them a little bit. Oklahoma City... As we know, Ferguson's the only one that uh, you can really rely on, but Markeith Morris coming back, giving you some offensive firepower. A little bit of offensive firepower should help in that game, but I love Oklahoma City if Durant does not play. I think the matchup plays very well for the Thunder, and even though the crowd may not be as amped up, considering the events of the past week, I'm kind of cool with that. I'm kind of cool if the Oklahoma City crowd isn't as venomous Towards Kevin Durant as they've been in the past, because I I think just as a whole to set an example for the rest of the NBA, it would be nice for the Thunder fans to kind of um, just exemplify a little class and maybe not have that 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 usual hate that you normally do for Golden State. And look, just because, and, and even if you want to go that route, remember it is Golden State. Doesn't matter that Kevin Durant's there. This is still the franchise that knocked you down when you were uh, a three games when you had a three games to one lead in the Western Conference Finals. So with or without Kevin Durant, these guys are pretty easy to root against. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Speaking of Utah fan, while the we'll tell you why the Jazz can't put the genie back in the bottle. That's coming up next here on the Locked On Thunder podcast. Plus, why are Dennis Schroeder's countrymen? Thank you for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I really appreciate it when you listen in your car. Um, that is just that is so awesome. We're perfect for the drive to work where 27 minutes, You usually I try and time us out to be about 27, 28 minutes. I don't always get there, uh, but it should be perfect for that drive to work or the drive home or tonight even that drive to the peak to get you ready for the upcoming game, Thunder and Golden State Warriors. But thank you for listening. Also, thank you if you've been supporting Locked On Sooners as well. This is the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. And the Jazz fans, look, I I appreciate the Jazz owner going to midcourt last night and and addressing their fans and, and talking about how they need to root with class. I appreciate the Jazz taking the step of banning two fans that were using racial slurs with Russell Westbrook. I, I I appreciate that. Those are steps in the right direction. The problem that you have, though, is the Jazz, is you've got to the point where you cannot put that toothpaste back in the tube. And for way too long, you have allowed a culture to foster where fans have treated the other team like garbage, you've wanted them to treat them like garbage, and now you're sending them a mixed message saying, now, wait a second, yeah... You know, you've done this in the past. Don't do that now. Okay, now there are lines you can't cross. Where was all this years ago? Because I have talked to people who work for Oklahoma City and have told me stories about the Jazz fans. And one of the latest ones that I have heard about Jazz fans is that in the past, when the Thunder have gone out to their bus after a game, Jazz fans have either driven by the bus, been by the bus. They walk by. They flip the bus off. They say all sorts of hateful things to the Thunder. And again, it's one thing to flip a dude off. It's one thing to talk about a guy's game or call him a baby or a wimp or say he sucks, whatever. But from what I was told, it doesn't doesn't stop at that. It gets personal. And it goes down some of those racial roads that happened the other night with Russell Westbrook, well finally Russell Westbrook said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore. But this goes as much on the organization as it does the fans because when you allow something to happen, okay, essentially when, when you allow people to act certain ways, eventually you, it's that whole you give them an inch, you you take it a mile. But when you have fostered that and you have heard people say, well man, it's the toughest place to play and they, they get on you and they say all sorts of things and they're insulting you. Well, now, now you've got to figure out a way to control your fans. And I just don't see the Jazz being able to do that. Unless you're going to ban everybody from ever coming into that arena again and watching an NBA game, then you've done this. And you need to take responsibility for it. And it isn't just... for, for the For me, it's not even just about banning fans. It's about you as an organization stepping up and saying, "Yeah, we're the reason this happened." You call yourself into you. You need to take accountability for this, because it doesn't happen if you start putting your foot down a lot sooner. Which, as we can tell, did not happen. Uh, Dennis Schroeder's countrymen are laughing at us. I read some of the comments today about the Thunder having sponsorship on their jersey, uh, which I'm sure was a huge topic uh, for a lot of Thunder fans. As Love's Country Stores is is going to have the primary sponsorship. The Thunder, the last holdout, buckled to corporate pressure and the almighty dollar, and now they have sponsorships on their jersey. And I say that very tongue-in-cheek because this is such an American thing. In America, we have held these teams and the uniforms that they wear so sacred for so long because the last thing we've ever really wanted to believe about a professional sports team is that it is a corporation and that it is a business. This is an emotional attachment that we have developed for 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 these kind of corporations that we don't develop for the ones that we work for. Or for that matter, um, a, a lot of other entities. Like I'll just use radio since I've been in radio for a long time and I work for iHeartMedia who has really some just dynamite stations all across the country. And I'm not saying that just to kiss their ass, but in Oklahoma City, uh, we've got three dynamite stations in that building. Three legendary stations in KTOK, in KJ-103, and and the Twister. The loyalty from the fan is to those brands, not necessarily to, our, to what corporate is. You know, that's just the way it is. You are loyal to the Thunder. Well, you know what? The Thunder or... or are a corporation and this is just this is just one one of those things that further cements that fact and bums you out the more that you're a fan because it's like, oh man, so they went and did that. Yeah, it's 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 not punk rock anymore. Sorry, but it really never was. I mean when you can hire and fire people the way that these professional sports teams do, it's just like any other business. But this is just one more this is just one more cementing of that. And the reason I say Dennis Schroeder's Countrymen are laughing at us. What, look at European soccer. Look at European basketball. Look at any European sports. The corporations have taken them over for years. For years, so much so that I don't know half the soccer teams that are playing in the EPL. I know their sponsors a heck of a lot more. And that's what it feels like we're, you, you're rooting for when you're rooting in an EPL or any European soccer league team. And no, I am an American, and I don't want to see that change here um in America anytime soon, but it's just the way we're going. And hey, those sponsorships, if they're gonna help pay the bills, it's gonna put improvements into the arena, if it's gonna help the Thunder with the bottom line and maybe buy a few more players, then guess what? I'm all for it. It's gonna help them pay that luxury tax. I'm good with it. This is the Locked on Thunder Podcast. I am Eric G. I thank you so much for listening to us today. We'll be back um sometime after the Golden State game. I'm not gonna say exactly when. Monday for sure but it could be sooner than that, but definitely we'll be back on Monday. It's the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, everybody love everybody. Okay? It's a big one. Okay? May God bless you and your family. Whew. And, uh, hey, if you're listening in New Zealand, definitely know us here in Oklahoma City, are we do pray for you. And us sending thoughts and prayers isn't just a um, – is isn't something we blow off. No, we actually pray. So we're praying for, if you live in New Zealand, Stephen Adams' home country, especially with the events that happened there, we want nothing but uh, for healing for uh, not only your country, but the families and everybody else that was affected by that. So thank you very much for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. And uh, with all my heart today, I do say these words. Uh, I mean them every day, but I really definitely today, they they should, uh, hopefully they render a little bit more meaningful. Peace, love, and as always, thunder up.
1: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.